0: Can we start one of these matchups with Vaughn? He always gets like the last end of it, and everyone's already said what he wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I yep. agree.
1: We'll start with Vaughn then. Um,
0: now
2: he's
3: not going to have anything to say, though. We'll do he's rosters. What says.
1: We'll do rosters, and then, yeah, no, I, then it's Vaughn. I was so.
3: totally leaning on that. Yeah, everybody already said what I had to say.
1: So. <laughs> You've been called out, sir. All right. We um, get the timestamp, and resuming in three, two. All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and roll right into part two of the 2020 hypothetical, just for fun, make-believe uh, national championships uh, starting now. All right, so let's move uh, to, I guess, the other side of the brackets. Um, so we've got Anarchy and Kraken. And um, when we go ahead, um, Lou, I'm not sure if you want to take this one or Justin, but kind of just run us through the rosters. I feel like we kind of glossed over that. My bad. But um, at least for this half, we'll be able to kind of re remind folks who we're talking about. So, start with Anarchy. Um...
4: Uh, I'll take the Anarchy roster. Uh, anarchy, star-studded, Billy Schmidt, Mike McGee, Brandon Kelly, Armando Valdez, Joe Colella, Casey Moses, and Mike Caterino.
2: So, the only roster change for them would have been Andrew Zapp, Zappola. Zapps uh, retired from Dodgeball this season because he was getting married. So, he would have not been on the roster this year. So that's the one big roster change for them. And then for Kraken, it's the same roster they would have had last year. Tony Stempo, Paul Hillebrand, Connor Kopech, Drew Jones, Jake Devine, Ben something. Smart. Ben Smart. <laughs> Smart. And, and Aaron Kraft. So they're running with eight players versus Anarchy seven. Yeah,
1: I think like seven is probably the good number to run with. Um that's actually a question to the group.
2: What do you guys think the ideal number for a team is? Seven. I think 7 is probably the most ideal number.
1: 7 unless paper. you're uh...
5: a... I think you can have any number as long as everyone is aware of where they are. Hmm. Like, that's expecting more. That That's not necessarily always that easy without...
2: Without uh...
0: Well, yeah. I think it depends on the team because I, I know Clutch Mode runs with 8 Uh, at most tournaments and honestly I mean with previous rosters it was hard because um, not everyone was like bought into like not getting even playing time but I think last year's roster and moving forward everyone understands kind of like this hierarchy of like they even like certain players aren't going to sub out in the playoffs whereas certain players are going to be in for special situations like if we need uh, a catcher like catchers versus a specific team then your name's going to get called. But if we don't need catchers for this matchup, then you're not going to be playing this, this um round so, or this matchup so much. So uh, it depends on the team. And if and like I think Sean said, everyone has to be bought into that. If there's someone on the team who's going to be on the bench who's upset about being on the bench uh, more than others, then it's just going to cause chaos when it's time to sub them out and, and stuff like that.
1: Is that what you meant? Uh, yeah, that's what you meant about as long as everybody knows where they're at, not physically, mm-hmm. right, Sean? Okay.
5: Yeah, just like everyone everyone's bought in, everyone understands their role and some, some games that that's gonna mean you, some games it's not. Some like I mean heat for most of the year we basically would whoever was playing the like the best three players after round robin, those three people wouldn't say elims. Um, and then the other guys would rotate and then if you know we got in a really tight situation, um then you know, sometimes we, we would you know add some to that rotation and then like at nationals we were down to clutch and we we won two games with this one squad and we basically just said let's run that squad until we lose and we didn't really lose any matches after that so we never changed it but um everybody was like bought in and like like chris said like if you have somebody I, with brick squad i had this happen all the time if you have somebody who's not happy about sitting it is it makes for a really bad team atmosphere
6: yeah, I like that as well. I, I I think for the Gamecocks, we have enough dodgeball knowledge and enough years of experience where you know people see the game situation and realize that this game doesn't suit my strengths, so I'm going to sit this one out and let some of our bigger arms throw in because we are throw-heavy in this game. So it, it works out when you're able to break down your whole team and realize this is our... Heavy throwers, this is our catching squad. If you can have that sit down with people and be able to recognize that, I think it works really well. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail
2: the conversation. Back to the matchup. No, you're good. I was I was like, how do we get here?
1: Um I was just gonna knock team uh Team Evil. Uh best amount of people is 10 because 'Cause we've somehow still heek out six barely. But um anyway. I have a
5: jersey, that's all I know.
1: Exactly. And you're <laughs> your proof of that. Man, we printed jerseys back in the day. But, um, okay, anyway, so Vaughn, kind of switch us up a little bit. How about you go first? What are your thoughts on uh, this matchup?
3: So, for me, this matchup, Kraken and Anarchy, is one of the probably two most lopsided matchups that we have here. And full disclosure, I am less familiar with Kraken than I probably should be. You know, obviously, I know the mainstay is Tony and Paul, but everyone else, I'm not super familiar with so um you know brett i'm sure you'll have a lot of input here and maybe you can help me out um but i just think you know if we're looking at the anarchy lineup we're looking at billy we're looking at mikey um we're looking at mike catarino i think there's a lot more firepower on this team and you don't have guys like brandon kelly like joe like casey who are gonna make consistently big catches um on Kraken to kind of balance that out. So I just think this is for me this is a four oh a four one maybe um on the side of anarchy. I just think there's too much talent offensively and defensively for Kraken to for Kraken to keep up.
1: Um Yeah, I, I see it definitely at a minimum four one. Um Casey says uh Kraken usually doesn't have all eight. I don't know if that's something to factor in um after the fact that you just spoke fun, but um you know, for the rest, um don't know if that's an issue, but um yeah, I so... think
6: the the whole Kraken squads played enough dodgeball, whether it's together or against each other that they can figure it out the team chemistry, and they'll be they'll be fine, but I will say, Tony's old. Just kidding. Love you, Tony. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that this one's a hard one for them to pull out. I mean, they they don't move as well. They do have some big arms. They they play unorthodox for the north. I will say that. So if they do get a few north teams in their pool play, it could disrupt them a little bit. But I think Anarchy takes this for one
3: Let's see.
4: Um, Brett, can you give us the scoop on some of the cracking guys? I know a lot of us are unfamiliar with some of their roster, so like, just give us a little rundown. Like, what do you what do you see when you look at that lineup?
6: All right, I'll just run down the, the from top to bottom here. So, so Tony, very strategic player. He likes to throw a lot of crosses. He he'll get lucky with a few catches in transition. But if you catch him on the back line, he might pull it in. Paul, very good catcher. He's, his arm is sneaky. You, you don't think he throws it hard, but it's coming a little hotter than you think it is. Connor, I've seen him make some of the most ridiculous catches in this league, like with his toes. It's <laughs> crazy. And his arm is an absolute gun. The only downside is that Connor is about seven foot tall, so it's a huge target. Um, Drew, I'm not as familiar with or Jake, Ben, I played a lot in college and he's played in some of the kind of one-off teams that dynasty spins up every once in a while. He's got a, he's got a good arm. He moves well and, uh, he will catch consistently if it's, you know, chest or between the knees and the chest, Ben smart is very elusive and will catch everything. And actually, his arm has developed a lot. Hmm. He's very wiry, and I think he's an underrated player. I think he's going to be a standout on Kraken this year. Aaron Kraft, somebody that I think mirrors Dylan Fettig a lot. He, they both wear the high socks as well. But <laughs> he's, he's got a good arm. He has a long windup, and they, he has that Grand Valley mentality where I'm going to play my role. And I'm going to wait to get my tap in. And uh, if he can do that, he'll he'll be solid for that squad. It's
1: a pretty I good breakdown. Want
0: to add, um, to uh, Ben Smart and Aaron Kraft, those are two um, NCDA guys who recently graduated, I think last year, maybe, or 2019. I know Ben Smart was um, pretty sure he was, like, MVP of the entire NCDA league. Like, he got most valuable player. And yeah, I think Aaron did. Kraft finished, like, second or third on that MVP list. So I think they're two guys coming into elite style or, you know, USA Dodgeball style that maybe their first year, which was last year, you know, they didn't make... I mean, they were big players, but they would not make as much of an impact as they might make this year after a year of um, this type of ball style um, under their belt. I think they'll make... make uh, I think they'll be two of the key players if Kraken does make some sort of run would be from those two uh, young guys because I think they have a lot of talent moving forward.
6: Yeah, I believe this is... Both Ben's, I believe this is their third year. This is their second year on Kraken, and I believe they played on. It was like and one or something like that. That's kind of their entry into the league, and I believe this is Aaron's second year. But yeah, like you said, Ben and Aaron were both leaders in the NCDA and are bringing that into the league. So I play with I was, Ben.
1: Okay. Oh,
5: uh, I was gonna say I have a small aside about NCDA players. I think. I know that NCDA obviously funnels in like a lot of solid players to the North. What, what do you guys who like are a little more familiar? Like, what do you think, who do you think the best uh, elite player uh, is to come from NCDA? Because like, I, I just like, I wonder about like ceilings from transitioning to pinch um, because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the NCDA players are always good, but I don't, know of any that I would describe as like great outside of maybe like Colin.
6: Chris, I'll let you field that one first and then I'll follow up.
0: Um I would just say um, you know, obviously you got like Kevin Bailey and Colin. Um I'd say um Michael Riley. Um honestly I'd put myself up there too uh being starting from NCDA. Um but those are like maybe like the four like most notable talents, you know, get invited to the Combine uh, get invited to, like, top 50 player tournament type of things. It would be, like, probably that four right there. But um, not to say that we're the only good players from NCDA. I'd say we're the ones that probably got the most, like, inv- invites to something. Uh, I think Nico might have started in NCDA, too, honestly. He did. Um, yeah. Any of the guys from Corruption, um, uh, that like, but especially Nico, because he started on Corruption, uh, those are mine right off the top of my head.
6: Yeah, I... I'll say that, I mean, I I can look at the North rosters here and for dynasty, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all, all eight of their starting lineup all came from the NCDA. Um, for task force, you have Nico, you have Mark, um, or sorry, Calvin came from the NCDA. Alex was in the NCDA for notorious. Mike Riley was an NCDA player, Wes Peters, um, Nick Hazardgen, Austin Briggie, Tom Moran, Kyle Bruce. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all, I think, I think what the big thing is, is once they learn that one, it's a hard boundary. And then that two, that the games sped up a lot. I mean, I came from the NCDA and I know I struggled my first two years. And then once I found a rhythm, it became a lot easier and a lot more natural to play the game.
4: Brett, for you, like what was uh what was something that clicked for you and and like you mentioned the out of bounds, but I, I'm in terms of like throwing, catching, that sort of stuff, like what was a shift that you made to make your game better for kind of the elite format?
6: I think the one thing that I I focused a lot on was staying true to my gameplay where in the NCDA I I was a very flow type player. I would go from corner to corner, I would stay middle. So transitioning that play style into uh, premier or elite, that that made it more comfortable and it made it more of an easier transition. Once I got over some of the rule differences and the out of bounds, that having the team behind me uh, that that was my biggest probably click that this is my home base and if I stay here I know what I'm doing.
0: Um not to I know we're this is open so we're talking about mostly men here, but uh from NCDA, I would like to add in um Rebecca Shapel, um and True. then Paige Peterson and then um Sam um what's her last name now? Sorry Hutter. Yeah Sam Hutter. So like uh, I mean I know you asked and you're probably thinking men, but from the female side, those are like three really strong armed uh. Who did good Paige
5: play who did Paige play for? Her?
0: She was she started on um on uh the team that corruption guys came from, DePaul. DePaul, yep. Yeah, out awesome. of Chicago. I didn't know
3: that. Yeah, so And Kat also, right? Kat yeah, Cat
6: too, team? I yep. believe.
0: Yeah, Kat was from Akron, I think. That's where um Sam came from. Well I know she played from multiple teams.
6: Yeah, and or Penn State, one of those two.
1: Jenna Blank, I interviewed her for like two hours, and
4: so I want to, I want to take the conversation back to the matchup. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> let us have NCAA, our fun.
4: NCDA rules. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so NCDA legends and youngsters in the form of Kraken. Uh, what do I see their paths to victory? um I think they're going to, i they're the underdogs here, so they have to play a high variance style. they gotta take risks, they gotta go for counters they gotta commit balls on group throws um, <laughs> i I think like a huge, huge key when you're playing anarchy is like being disciplined against Billy like Billy applies so much pressure, he activates that like primal fear in you like just seeing like a six foot eight guy in front of you 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 know like it's it's more than psychological it's like it's in your dna um but like limiting everybody throwing their balls at him right like you need to have a plan like who is in charge of countering who's going to go for him um so i think that's they need to be disciplined there they need to be extremely efficient with their throws like if they're going to commit two balls to like try to get mikey out like that hit better work. Otherwise you're toast, right? Anarchy is going to take those two balls and do something magical with them. Um, So I think, I think it's a tough road for Kraken. Um, I think keys for victory for anarchy is Billy just staying alive and, and just kind of messing stuff up, right? Like keeping people off balance, making those fallback catches Um, Mikey in the corner just surviving, right? Like anytime you run a play at Mikey that doesn't result in Mikey getting out, it's just so demoralizing because you feel like you just missed your opportunity and you're just you're in trouble. And then I think it's really important to point out that Anarchy has two of the best kind of late game catchers in in the tournament in uh, Brandon Kelly and Casey Moses. And so, if and when they find themselves down, those guys can bring in one of the top guns last in, which feels unfair at times. So I, I think Anarchy just has such a nice kind of balance of skill sets and like top end talent that um, my vote is with Anarchy.
1: You also have uh, Colella. I mean, I think to this day that guy is still gonna. You're gonna put three balls on him. He will get one at his own. You know physical expense but he'll bring in any number of weapons back on Anarchy so you got that um, I think it's I mean Chris, Justin, Sean, I don't think you guys have cast your votes yet but I'm feeling I was
0: just going to say it's ridiculous that like Kraken's way to win would be like perfectly playing in the Anarchy's win like Kraken has to throw multiple balls at Anarchy players to get them out but that's the perfect way to like lose the Anarchy is that you give them multiple balls and they're just firing off at you so like it's like the path to beat them is literally the path to lose to them at the same time. So it, it's, ruin. it's just a bad matchup, honestly. Anarchy is just so talented and firepower, and it's just—I don't know. It's just it's, for me, it's a a four-zero win for Anarchy. Yeah, That's why said... the gas throat get lucky on the on the nuts. I said the
5: same thing, <laughs> even on the other side, Chris. Is that like? Kraken wants to go for a lot of catches and on the other side you have like two of the hardest people to catch at all dodgeball. It's like the things that they have to do, like they really do, they'd have to get lucky. It's yeah. it's a really bad matchup for Kraken. Uh I, I would probably go four O anarchy.
3: Yeah, that's could... most teams' problem, is just committing too many balls to Mikey. And then, you know, Billy just staying at the line the whole game and lighting people up. You know, that's that's why most teams lose. They commit too many balls to Mikey and he he's so hard to hit that they just keep ball controlling, and him and Billy just destroy everyone.
1: Yeah. If you don't, um, Was it Lou? Is was it Loon that you were saying this earlier? I mean, if you if you have the discipline not to go for Billy right away, I mean, you still have Mikey to worry about. So, just pick your poison, I guess. Um, according to the polls, it was. Um, I didn't the percentage. Yep, seventy nine percent anarchy, twenty one percent Kraken. So, I think we can.
2: Surprise! It's even that high.
5: I do think I do think for later rounds, losing Zaps is to me a very big blow for them depth wise. Hey, I, I agree. I think he's a really underrated player. And to me, he's their third best player, or was their third best player. So
2: yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. I thought it was really. I didn't think it was a smart move for them to move Zap off corner.
5: That that made it. I felt like when we played, like when we were like looking at them matchup wise, it made it easier. Like. Vince yeah. can throw through Catarino versus he
3: couldn't
1: mm-hmm. throw through Zabs. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to, uh, this should be interesting. Thieves and Heat. So go back to the rosters. Uh, Justin, Lou, which one of you guys want to take this one? Lou, Thieves.
4: I'll take Thieves. So, uh, Thieves is the third seed from the South, uh, gifted via the West. Um, Thieves roster is Xander Simos, Anthony Carmona, uh, Alan Aravallo, Davey Blake, Adrian Flores, DeMonte Cleveland, and Glenn Spasher.
2: And then Heat is Isidro Perez, Vince Marchbanks, the second best Wheeler, Dylan Clark Odin, Tyler Greer, Frank Mariona, Griffin Baker, and Randy, I'm not sure what his last name is. Hogue. Oh. What's Randy's last name?
1: Hoge? Hoge? Hoge,
2: oh, yeah. Hoge,
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, Adrian Flores is apparently Alan Elbrose's cousin
3: who plays baseball. This is what I was told. Okay. Yeah, he played for him last year. Okay. <laughs> I, thought
6: was, really, I thought it was Daniel's cousin.
0: Is he that really tall guy that played with these? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Definitely still figuring out to... how
5: to move on a dodgeball court, but...
4: What better place to do it than the top 16 tournament? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, well, I think the place to start with Thieves is just how much do we think DeMonte would help Thieves this year? And how much does it adjust their roster and make them a better team? Or not as good. If maybe. they lose and Daniel. Then lose, and then losing Daniel.
5: I, it's to me. When I look at it, like, Thieves' problem last year after they lost Trey was that they didn't know who they wanted to play the other corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then losing Daniel, I don't know who they're going to have play either corner.
2: I imagine they move Xander into one of the corners. They and could. They Tony? Tony or Allen. I don't know. The thing they is, like, who? Like, right? I don't know. Do
5: Glenn, yeah, they did move. They moved Glenn to right corner or to yeah, right corner for most of the end of last year after Trey left. I was told also
2: Trey is on the fence, but they couldn't say definitively he was he would would have been there or not. He wants to be there, but couldn't say that he was definitely going to be there. So he's a maybe. But I don't think we can
3: factor him into this tournament if he's a maybe. All and
4: right. Trey's watching from home. Uh let me let me give you guys the paths to victory and then we'll crack this thing open. We'll get the, the discourse going. Um Okay. I think we all know Heat is kind of the reigning champs of 8.5 rubber. So they, they kind of have the they for me are the favorites in this matchup. So I want to look at Thieves kind of wind conditions first. Um I think thieves needs to break this game into chaos they need to kind of turn this into a transition free-flowing game a lot of those guys are tramp players no players who are really athletic really mobile um, so they need they need chaos in order to kind of get an edge um, i think they need a big match from glenn glenn is kind of the natural 8.5 player on this team i think everybody else has kind of been slowly developing their time with saucy to their first year with thieves um so i think glenn needs to kind of lead the way and kind of get some of those early outs um davy i think davy blake also is another one of those natural 8.5 players for thieves that needs to be really effective um xander could can be and sometimes is the best player on this roster but that variance is a problem at times right and uh so if xander has a big game like that that means good things for thieves um in a longer match right like we could see both sides we could see the good and the bad so um i think you could see a lot of different outcomes there um yeah i want to leave it there and break it open anybody have any thoughts on the thieves guys
1: so i like uh i like your path to victory approach that's a really good way to preface it. Um, we'll probably use that moving for the remaining two. But um, he said that these would need to knock, heat into disarray. And uh, my note here is good luck. Um, I find heat it as being very a very like the most disciplined team. Exactly. I think
3: heat is way too smart to fall into that trap.
1: Yep. And just replaying the uh, the matchup of against crisis for Nationals last year, I saw that. I saw. Um, every every time uh somebody from crisis would expose himself uh he capitalized on that everyone played their role and it was just a very efficiently won game and i don't see uh these being able to disrupt that at all i think um i agree glenn would have to step up huge um xander could go off but uh, i don't i don't think it's enough um not when you have everybody firing on all cylinders i probably said that like for the fourth time already but um my my vote is definitely heat um especially if what they need to do is is fall apart which i just don't see happening against thieves.
3: Yeah, i think on this on this uh win conditions like play around demonte is one of the, one of the biggest things. I think i think heat leaves demonte alone, you know, if they see an opening, they take it, but you know, if you're saving demonte for last, then that's, you know, that's what you're doing um i think you just play around him let everyone else get caught up in stuff um heat is like i said too disciplined and too you know they're one of the smartest teams in the country if you ask me i think one of the biggest misconceptions with heat and I've, i've heard this from several people is that heat goes as vince goes and i don't think that's true i think all of those guys are so talented and so experienced that um that they don't have to go as Vince goes. I think they play their game, they know their roles, they know how to win. Clearly, they won the national title last year. Um, and I just think, I think this is definitely, um, a heat win. I think it's, you know, maybe these gets, you know, maybe it's 4 2, maybe these gets a couple games just, you know, from the experience of Glenn and, you know, if DeMonte pulls out a couple big catches or, or something like that, but. I think he is one of the smartest teams in the country. And I, I don't think thieves gets through that.
6: Yeah. Sean, I want to ask you if, if thieves comes out and they win the first game, what is said in the huddle going from game one to two?
5: Uh, I think it depends how they win the first game. Um, we're not like historically, we we understand that when you play good teams and I think thieves is one of them that like teams are going to beat you. Like, You're like no team is infallible. Uh, Winning a game to us four three is is winning a game. Uh, So as long as we don't up in the first game, if they beat us, we say all right, they beat us. We got to be better the next game. Um, I do think um, you know, like like uh, Lou was saying, like our strategy would definitely be try to get Glenn early and leave Demonte alone, mostly just because. The two of the guys are all really talented, but they all kind of hate 8.5. And they can kind of get, like, zoned out with with the ball type. And and if things aren't going their way or they get hit, they can lose focus. So if you you take out those guys who are a little more 8.5-centric, I think it probably – you know, so, but if we lose a game, like, you know, a transition game, I think Alan and Xander are both really good in transition, really good at faking and dropping for catches and stuff like that. And that would be definitely be a way we could, we could blow a game to them. Um, And so it would just be a matter of, you know, I think talking to everybody and getting it back to like, let's slow down. Let's play the like slow game. We have more talent and and don't fall into any traps.
6: Yeah. I, I think that's the, the least or as little as said in the huddle is the best. Because if you if you come in, come together, say, we didn't play our game, let's play our game, we got this. As long as you don't let some crazy catch or something get to your head where you're second-guessing yourself, I think you guys have this. And I, like you said, I think a couple of those guys can get lulled to sleep if you play that long, slow ball with them.
1: Yeah, they get impatient. On
6: historically... <clears throat> Historically, what is your guys'
2: record versus them? How have you guys played against them in other in other tournaments?
5: In eight point five. Yeah, uh, we played them at round one. Uh, I think that was the only time. Or no, we played them. I think maybe round one and two. I think we were one and one. I think they beat us. I think we were. They were like our very first eight point five match together at round one. Uh, I think. Oh, we actually won that one. I think yeah, we won it. Um, Xander lost at the end. Um but Allen had like a really good catch. Glenn had some really good counters. Um and then if we played them round two I don't remember. It's either one one or two zero us.
1: In round robin you said?
5: Yeah, we've never played them in limbs.
1: Yeah, dang, I was I was trying to find a... Uh...
2: I just feel like this is a bad out. matchup for Thieves. You guys play way too smart. And I just don't think that there's any way that you guys fall into the traps that they're going to want or need you to play. I mean, it's the same thing that one said. Um,
5: Yeah. I think it just basically just too smart to me. It more, goes back to depth. Like I think Glenn and and Davey can get some good outs um, and, and, you know, they have some guys who can get some catches. I just think when it's coming down to the end and it's like a and Dylan versus, you know, like Davey and DeMonte or something like that, I just feel a little bit better about our guys closing.
1: Are we sure uh Rolina brought this up? Uh Davey, he was in this season or would have been.
4: Oh I don't know. Can we confirm that? He wasn't that first, I got the I got the roster from Glenn, so okay. So did I. That's the same thing I did. Perfect. Um Hi Rowe. Um I I think I have my, my pick for this, but a lot of it, it depends on Sean's answer to this question and um <laughs>
1: No pressure. There's a lot
4: of rumors that Heat has no weaknesses, right? Like they're the perfect dodgeball team. And I wanted to ask Sean, you know, last season was kind of the first season with this new roster of Heat, national champions. Like like what were what were some of your weaknesses last year and how are you gonna improve upon them?
5: Um so our weakness is definitely throwing catches. Uh like if you look at the big games we lost, we lost uh like we almost lost a clutch mode. We threw like seven or eight catches. Uh I think we went 0-2 against rainbows and Round Robin last year. Uh lots of catches in those games. We lost 4-2 or 4-3 to Anarchy at West Round 3. We threw 10 catches. Um there were games where like we have lots of like really talented throwers, and sometimes we would just get a little too bought into our own ability to hit people um especially on team throws we wouldn't we would we very rarely place team throws we would always and a lot of times someone would come out with a catch um and the other ball would miss so I would say that's definitely our biggest weakness is we struggle with teams that catch really well um and then I mean obviously like uh teams that Vince and I play in corners we're not the most like we're both pretty big guys so I don't, I don't think we're like teams that have Ketchums or Mikeys that have really power corners um, pose, I think, some problems for us
6: as well. I like that you said that, Sean, because I think that there is sometimes where there is an, an overconfidence in your abilities, and I, I think sometimes it hurts you, but other times it allows you to kind of have that on court swagger where where it does propel your team further. Or further, it's almost a double edged sword. So I, I think if you guys, as long as you guys can rein it in, you guys will be good.
3: Yeah, y'all kind of had that problem when we went out to the West. Um, you know, we beat you guys in round robin and then played again in bracket. And it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth every game. And that we had a lot of catches. You guys had, um, several catches too, but I think that was one of the big things. You know, you guys were throwing a lot of catches into, into Mikey. Um, I think I had a couple catches. Um, but yeah, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head right there.
5: And honestly, if we're, if we're being honest, it's mostly me. I throw a lot of catches.
0: I, <laughs> I think you threw four against us. <laughs> yeah, I, I threw
5: four against Anarchy. I, I probably threw like three or four over the course of the season against Rainbows. I, I have to get a lot better about throwing catches. So I, I would definitely say I'm our biggest liability, but if I can get better about that, then. Um,
0: Tyler Greer confirmed that he beat uh, Thieves both times round one and round two.
1: Oh, nice.
4: Thank you, TG. Okay. Um, I. I Sorry, I want to just say uh, Sean's honesty has really solidified my choice, and <laughs> this matchup reminds me of the Crisis Havoc matchup, which is kind of the West versus the pseudo South team. But kind of having that familiarity, I think Heat Heat is is going to dominate this one. I'm going to go four zero.
0: Wow! When I uh, when I saw Eve's added Demonte. I was like, dang, that's crazy. That kind of um solidifies, you know, I was thinking Trey and um Daniel in the corners. I was like, okay, they kind of needed that in the middle. And then you said there, neither of those guys are on the team. And then I was like, wait a minute, what does that do for them? Especially in a matchup against heat? Like, I just don't see where their corners come in and where DeMonte can like provide his maximum value to that team. Um, So uh, I do think he wins that one. Like, four one i've never seen thieves in any final standings where they've flat out just played a full-on great tournament in um 8.5 I, I could be wrong but it just seems like uh you guys said they don't care about it so much and you know if they start playing bad they probably just are like all right we'll wait till no sting we're gonna destroy you guys and no sting or something i don't know that's just based on the vibes i picked up
1: yeah i'm in the same boat as all you guys um it's just the not caring. If this was a no sing, probably be a little bit more of a of a debate, I think. Um wanted to say um, okay, I, I'm seeing Tyler's note there. Thanks, Tyler. Um, dilly Dilly, Heat wins next matchup. He said that like throughout the bat. I'm assuming it's Dylan. Um, all right, that,
5: so. Dylan told me I had to say, why is Heat the best team in the country? Oh, wait, who's the best in the team in the country and why is it Heat? That's what I have to say. <laughs>
4: Who, no who's who's in charge of the heat social media?
5: Uh, like who posts or who creates? Yeah, uh, tell us everything. Yeah. Uh, the 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 creation is a collaboration. Uh, whenever we were doing memes, it was workshopped in the chat. Uh, I think Tyler.
1: Those are great. I think
5: Tyler runs most of them. I don't know. Tyler or Dylan. Isidro is the actual devil, just so everyone knows. He's the one who's like really trying to stir the pot all the time. He acts quiet, but...
1: I can see that. All right, we got two more. We're going to make it um, Shred against Wrecking Balls. Um, Who wants to take the uh, Shred roster? Lou, I think you're pointing at Justin.
2: I'll do Shred roster. All right, let's do Um, it. So it's... Matt Levine, uh, Kyle Sanders, Dylan Cruz, Jaquan Moore, Jeff Giovinco, Sean
3: McMahon, and Frank Gianetto. Or Frankie Gianetto. And do you want to? Yeah, I'll take do that?
4: Wrecking Balls. Wrecking Balls was the second seed in the South. They have uh, Joseph Cincarini, Cincarini, Anthony Miller, Justin Ashby, Nick Vanegas. Uh, Raziel Sanchez, Matt Martinez, and Jorge Portaves.
2: I'm so happy you did that roster. Just your pronunciation was fantastic.
1: It's got a Spanish name, so I shouldn't know how to pronounce them correctly. Um, I'll tell you what I see here. So, um, and this is no offense to wrecking balls by any means. I I think wrecking balls would take one off shred just to like kind of slap them awake and then it's over afterwards. Um, That's my input. I can go into it further, but uh, I'd like to defer on someone else that can speak more intelligently about that. Bob, what do you think, starting from the south?
3: So just to kind of go into their roster a little bit for Wrecking Balls, I know they're not... um, Individually, they're not super familiar to a lot of people. Um, But just going down the line, you have Joseph, who's been their captain for... As long as they've been around, um, he's probably the weakest link on the team. I think even he would tell you that. I don't think I'm, you know, saying anything crazy. Um, but you know, he's smart and he's been around a long time. Uh, Anthony Miller, who has been in Dallas for a long time, played out in San Diego. Um, played with the Rise guys for a little while. Um, you know, he's smart. He's accurate. He tends to get. Um, he tends to go rogue a lot, which is his biggest weakness. Um so he'll kind of leave the game plan if he sees something he likes and maybe gets thrown into a catch. Justin Ashby is their um, their right corner. He is probably one of the harder people to hit in the country. He's really small and really quick. Um he hides behind the ball really well. He's got a sneaky like sidearm whip throw almost kinda like uh a... oh, man, what is his name? Arkham. Um yeah. What's his name? Josh uh, Ty. Josh, Josh Ty, yeah. Um, he's got that kind of whip throw that's real sneaky. Um, throws it pretty quick, but like I said, his biggest thing is um, just survivability. Uh, Nick Venegas plays. Um, he's the big guy in the middle. He um, throws a lot out of the middle. He's got uh, pretty good hands. His only thing is he's big, and he's um, easier to hit because of that. He uh, catches like I, like you wouldn't believe when he's not looking. Hmm. I would say 50% of his catches come when he's not paying attention. It's insane. Um, Razi is their catcher. Um, well, historically has been their catcher. He, um, can catch just about anything. Um, Matt Martinez is, um, he's above average for them. He's got a decent arm. He'll, he'll throw out of the middle a lot too. Um, and George Portales, he's, um, he's new to them, but he's not new to, to dodgeball. He played with, um, he started with, oh, I don't remember who he started with, but he played for Lone Star um, the last few years. And um, he's um, a big catcher, too. He's he's probably a better catcher than Rozzy is. Like I said, Rozzy's historically been their catcher, but he'll probably take over that, made that primary catching role. Um, he just sits on the back line and eats balls up. So, um, you know, going against Shred there's it's kind of similar to some of these other matchups I think with Matt um and stuff I think there's just too much firepower um, they're gonna be a lot quicker you know outside of Justin, wrecking balls isn't a super fast team um so I think I think their biggest thing is they're gonna get roped into playing a, a fast game with shred and um i don't I think you know maybe it's four one um but I wouldn't say 4-0 is a crazy thing to think. I just think that there's there's just too much there for them to keep up with.
1: That's kind of where I was going for with the uh, that one match that kind of catches them off guard, and then they just rely on their speed and their athleticism to kind of just take over and play a very fast-paced game. Um, Brett, what do you think?
6: See, I, I think that if Shred comes out and sets the tone early, there there's no turning back. Uh, it it could go 4-0 very quickly. They're one of the most elusive teams I've ever seen. Jeff will lay out if a ball is even anywhere near him, and uh, they're hard to hit. And if you do come close to hitting them, they're gonna catch it. I I think that can get out of hand really quick, and I, I'll take shred
1: 4-0. Nice.
6: I
5: do think wrecking balls, like I remember two years ago playing them like and, and watching them a little last year, they have some really, really good catchers uh, in a way that I feel like you aren't quite ready for them to be good catchers the way you would be if you're playing like Dynasty or Clutch Mode. Um, and, I, and I think Shred has a couple guys on the team who are uh, really like to throw really hard right into people's chests. Uh, so, I could definitely see Wrecking Balls taking a game or so just on some Kyle Levine, Quan chess balls that just get snagged. Um, but uh, not anything more than that.
1: Yeah, and that's like, okay, we're not doing that anymore.
6: Yeah, I think that that was touched on that, you know, it might take a slap in the face to wake up. But I think that Shred's really good at their recovery where it doesn't even take a full game, it could take a couple of missed throws or miscues and they're right back to their communication being on point and can take back over.
5: How, gotcha. how different. So the, the, the impact team that played at 2019 nationals, is that basically what I was going to
0: talk about that. Mm. Mm,
2: it's not, I mean, so basically it, it, they Dylan had, played with... um, Dylan.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: It basically was, I was Dylan was say on him. Yeah, Dylan played with them.
1: <laughs> Chris go.
0: <Yep. laughs> is, is there a delay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there might be. Uh you got it, Chris. You got the floor.
0: Okay, no, I was just gonna say Dylan um played with them. Um I they lost who's is it Tyler? Is he not on the team anymore? Yeah, Tyler. Trip. Uh, Tyler's awesome. trip
2: is trip is no
0: on the team. Um Okay, and so you have, like, basically Quan for him, which is an even stronger arm. Um, I think the biggest question for Shred is just, like, do they find everyone playing? Do they put everyone in the right positions to maximize their roster? They do have a lot of guns, um, but I think they got to place everyone well. And not against wrecking balls. I think they can be placed poorly and still come out with a a 4-1 win there. But I think against, like, further matchups, I think they really need to, um, this year, uh, find what their best lineup is, and that's probably Matt Levine in the right corner and, um, I don't know, maybe Jeff in the left corner, I don't know, but they've really got to figure out what uh, positions maximize everyone and who has that third ball in the middle.
1: So you're thinking a full year being able to do this, they're able to face uh, um, wrecking balls at, the, at their oh, best? Yeah, for, or For
0: sure.
5: Speaking to what you're saying though, Chris, I I was talking to Lou about it earlier. I definitely think like when I think about their three best catchers, I would say it's probably Matt, Jeff, and Kyle, and those are the three people that they're most likely to have balls. And then I think like their more like off-ball liabilities would be you know Quan and like Quan without a ball. Like I know he had his leg thing a while back. I don't know how well he moves. Dylan, when I saw him last year, he played on ball a lot, and so. I wonder if their like effectiveness comes down, um, having to like become less focal players than they were on kill the comp because they were extremely good in their roles on the on that team, but it'll be interesting to me.
6: Yeah, I think Frankie's up there in their top catchers. I think I think Frankie's one of the better catchers on the team. He he knows his role. He he sits back. He'll kind of direct a little bit, and he he won't play outside of his role. He'll be consistent all day.
5: Yeah, but no one's going to solo at Frankie anymore. Like Everyone knows he can catch, you just leave him alone.
6: Well, right, but you still can't take the catching ability away from him because of that.
5: Yeah, no, no, he's a great catcher. I just meant likelihood (laughs) to get, like right, if you counted the number of catches that they're going to get at the end of the year, I would say those three guys probably still end up with the most even though they're on ball.
2: All right, I'm I'm with you there. So in my little bit of talking to them, I think what they're planning on doing, at least before the season started, was Jeff was going to move off ball and move more towards the middle. Quan was going to stay in a corner. Matt was going to stay in a corner. So, I mean, I think Jeff is probably the most versatile to play middle. Yeah. He's the hard, one of the, probably the hardest to hit. Yeah. He also played that position all through nat- all through Worlds. So it's a natural slide for him.
5: Yeah, he played um, middle but, at Brick Squad for us. And he was really good.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think Quan... Like you just said, needs to have a ball just to be able to protect himself. Um, I think it drops his uh, value quite a bit if he's off if he's off ball. Um, Dylan's going to be off ball, and he's Dylan is a really hard player to hit as well. He's he's really elusive. He throws his body all around. His biggest issue is that he throws his body around all the time and he gets injured because he just he'll jump and just drop like he's trampling a, on a tramp onto a trampoline. Mm. We had one tournament where we were playing and he jumped and dropped and his like. His whole, to- his whole toenail fell off. So he played like the rest of the tournament without a toenail. Um, but the player I think you guys are all overlooking is Sean. Sean has worked really hard over the last year because of these conversations where everyone's just like, oh, he's not good enough. He's their worst player. And he's really worked himself into, a- into becoming a really good catcher. At that tournament, he showed up and I think he had like 15 or 20 catches. He was catching everything. He made late game catches to bring people back in. He definitely in that conversation for them is one of their better catchers. Um, And then I think the Frankie thing is, is really more about leadership than it is about playing for him. I think he's really there to try to help them to get into the right places to get everyone playing correctly, playing as a team. Um, And I think that's probably why they added him at, at the end of the day. You know, he probably is sort of in that mix as like the sixth, seventh player, but he's really there to try to help them sort of gel as a team.
5: Yeah, I think that Quan corner moves makes sense to me.
2: I think the the only thing that's sort of difficult, and you know, Matt, I think is a super versatile player, and you can move to the left side. They both play that right corner, and it's just you know, it's not where they've, you know, you everyone says, oh, it's left, it's right, it's whatever, but you know, you if you're used to that side and that, especially sh- Matt, who loves that cross court, a cross body throw where you don't see it coming, and now he's got to go to the other side, and to get that throw, it's got to be open body and go cross court. Or, you know, it just changes the way you play. Um, I think Matt is super versatile and can do it, but we haven't seen it. So, but again, I don't think it affects this matchup at all. No, just probably a 4-0 matchup.
6: Justin, I I think comparing Sean to the rest of the group is like saying you're the worst wide receiver at Alabama. Like you're yeah. you're getting compared to some of the best, and I think he actually thrives in that role because I think if you move him to a number one on a different team. I think he plays a lot more hero ball and it's hard for him to adapt so i think he fits that role very well
4: um i wanted to chime in i i think that shred got a great matchup in the first round because it'll allow them to kind of figure out like some of their kinks right and iron out some of their little experience issues. Um, I think a really important question is like, how is this team going to gel? I think Frankie and Jeff are going to really help make that happen. It already sounds like Jeff is kind of moving off the corner in order to facilitate that. Um, I think another thing about the Shred team is Kyle likes to play risky. And I think actually, In this roster, it really enables that, right? Because he's no longer like the top one or two players on his team, right? He can he can take risks and catch back in, like you know, Quan or Matt. Um, So I think that'll it'll really kind of enable him to really embrace that. Um, Yeah. That being said, I think this is a this is a big win for Shred, and I'm excited to see them in the in the in the next round.
1: That's definitely something we got to keep in mind into the next round is some of these matchups. Like, you know, we talk about these close battles with, like, Notorious and GOAT. Um, what kind of factor that's going to lead into? Um, for these guys, like you said, Lucas, uh, I agree. Um, I feel like that's going to be a benefit for them going into their matchup against, uh, what, Heat? Or, no, well, TBD in, like, 20 minutes. But, um... <laughs> so I think uh, I think we're all in agreement. Shred's going to take this one. Um, 4-1, 4-0 for the most part. Cool. And um, Lou is saying 4-0. I didn't announce it in the past uh, one, I don't think. Um, he was 77% favored over Thieves, 23%. Um, shred, 69% over 31% for Wrecking Balls. But um, last but not least, Fortune versus Dynasty. So Lou, obviously you want to do the honors and talk about Fortune?
4: Yeah, I'll start with Dynasty's first player, Colin O'Brien. Dylan Fedig, Jalen Gardner, Kevin Bailey, Austin Morley, Trevor Nordberg, Kenny Bacchus, and Brandon Mazel.
2: And then for Fortune, it's Lucas Boyle, Mark Sweetgel, Ruan Chappelle, Anthony Collins Twang, who you guys call him Twan, right? Twan. Uh, Bill Fisher and Brandon Delamora. Are you guys running six? Or are you guys gonna run is there... None of the players you guys brought to Nationals last year you're going to keep on the team?
4: Uh, we were going to listen to this podcast and decide what the perfect number was, <laughs> and then we were going to choose. They, they got Bizzle.
1: Lou's <laughs> laughing in silence. He uh he gave me some clues in the uh, Christmas card he sent me. I'm not going to read them out. I thought about it, but I want to betray his trust. So, um, Well... um. Let's see. How do we want to go about this?
4: I'll I'll get things started. I'll get things rolling. Yeah, give us Um,
1: your path to victory for
4: both teams. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Well, I think it's important to recognize Dynasty is the number one seed coming out of the north. Um, They have tons of experience. They could be, like, the best catching team in the tournament. Um, They're all 8.5 players or they have they all have experience with 8.5 they're pinch champions uh, so their blocks are going to be super strong there's there's no throw that is going to intimidate them um that being said i think the fortune i think the fortune roster like our strengths are depth i think uh it's kind of a next man up sort of team you knock someone out someone will just slide into that role Um, i think We have a lot of throwers everybody is a thrower Um, i think what will be important for fortune on the path of victory is kind of getting out those dynasty throwers early and hoping to kind of kind of pick their spots in like a slower game so uh targeting players like colin o'brien or dylan fettig or brandon meisel um Another path to victory is Lucas healthy. Uh, I haven't played Dodgeball. <laughs> I haven't played eight point five in a long time. Uh, so actually, you know what? I am healthy. We got the four seed in the West. I'm awesome. Yep. Um, <laughs> so that's that's going to be important for us. Uh, yeah. So let me let me kick it over to somebody else.
0: So I, guess me... I can
6: touch on some uh, some dynasty from the north over here. Yes, please. I I, I think that. You know, Lou, like you were saying, with Fortune being next man up mentality, I think Dynasty is the same exact way. That If you look at this roster, seven of them came from the same college. They've been playing together since, I think, Dylan was there in, like, 2010, and some of the rest of them were a couple of years after him. So their, their team chemistry has all been the same since, 2012, we'll say. So for the last nine years, they've been playing the same exact game, and they know what everybody should be doing at any time in the game. I think that it's it's undervalued that Austin Morley has a heck of an arm and I think is one of the best at protecting his toes, especially in transition. I've never seen anybody get as low as he does and not fall on his butt and it, it, it blows my mind. Jalen, his hands like are like three times the size of mine. He grips everything. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about dynasty. I think they have a couple of, a couple of weak points. So I think if you're going to beat them, I think you have to make sure you shake them from their game. I think that you, you can't let them set the pace at all. And the only way to do that is with, non-traditional timed crosses. Try to keep them on their toes a little bit more. And if you can do that, I think you have a shot. Uh, I know a lot of these guys are actually working hard right now. I know I'm I'm talking to Trevor right now and getting him into game shape right now. So I have a little bit of bias there that I, I know he'll be ready. Uh, but I think Dynasty takes you guys.
1: The uh, What did you say about the cross courts, um,
6: Brett? <laughs> the the uh, non traditionally timed.
1: I feel like Fortune's really, really good at that.
6: Yeah, I was gonna say you got Tuan and Lou and
5: Ruan, like they all throw those kind of throws all the time.
1: Yep. I remember catching one in the face from Lou because I just had <laughs> no idea where it came from and I was like, as soon as I got here, I was like that was probably Lou, wasn't it? Yep.
5: Brett, so I feel like Dynasty had like owned eight point five in the north for the three years prior to last year and then Last year, like I don't think they they won none of the rounds, right?
6: No, I I know I know. Bush dominated a lot in so, open, and then I know we personally we beat them a couple times. So
5: what was their, like? Are they getting older? Do they not care as much anymore? Like what? What did you think it was last year? Like do you think it was a blip or is it a thing to look forward to? Uh,
6: it's hard to say. It'll it'll depend they it seems like they're teetering you know like uh if a chicken lays an egg on top of a roof which way is it going to fall they it, it could go either way it could be that they're all realizing that they're all very good throughout the league and they all want to kind of shine or they could fall to the other side and realize that you know it's all about the team playing the best the team can play mm-hmm. and i think the addition of of colin who going to michigan state was kind of the standout there coming into the team i think that might have kind of ruffled a few feathers and him him not being able to transition as fast into that that dynasty play style and i know colin's a very outspoken and loud person so if you get him in the huddle and don't rein him in it it can get downhill pretty quick and i think that if you know, the other leaders of dynasty can step up, rein him in and understand that trust the process, play our game and we'll do fine. If that can happen, I think they'll be just fine this year.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just echoing a couple of things you said, you know, when you're thinking about their arms, you're thinking Colin, Dylan, Kevin, but I think Austin Morley is one of my favorite players in the country. I think he's severely underrated, um, for his arm and his survivability. Um, I you know, you said Jalen is a vacuum and he really is, but, um, you know, Jalen living in the Dallas area and playing up against him, um, on an almost weekly basis, he's fantastic on the counter. Um, if he gets a ball and, um, gets a shot on the counter and he's going to take it, and he's usually right there. Um, he's very dangerous on the counter. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I really like Dynasty. I really like Fortune too, though. I, I'm not sure how far, you know, Tuan, that guy seems to get in people's heads, Lou, as I'm sure you know. Um, and he can rattle a lot of teams just his play style and kind of his chatter. Um, and I think if Mark can get going, um, you know, he's a real asset. Same with Ruan. Um, this, ah, this one's tough for me. Lucas, you know, you're a superstar. I love watching you play. You're one of my favorite players in the country, too. I just, I don't know which way I go here. I might have to think about it a little more and chime in at the very end. But, you know, I like, I, I really like this matchup.
4: Let me, uh, let me, let me give some shout outs to my guys. Cause oftentimes, like, the Fortune roster is like abbreviated as like Lucas and like dudes. And uh, I think, I think it's really important to kind of like shout these guys out. I think Ruan is like, one of the most balanced all around players in the country. He's phenomenal corner. He, he's like, this was his first, I guess fortune was his first experience in elite. So he's kind of like getting his feet wet, but like jumping in and playing corner in the West is no easy feat. And like, he's kind of figuring it out and piecing it together. Um, Our guys in the middle, Sweetgull and Brandon De La Mora, are just like big ugly nasty like slingers like those dudes will just like leave welts in your chest and Brandon De La Mora was actually injured last year at nationals and so we're excited about having him healthy at this mock nationals. (laughs)
3: Is (laughs) he the big guy that wears the hat like the backwards hat? Yeah
4: Yeah. that's him yeah. Tuan, as we mentioned before, Tuan is like super mysterious and like deceptive and I think has like a corner potential even though he doesn't play corner, but I think his he has a lot of power for a little guy and I think something about his height allows him just to have his ball get underneath blockers, um, which which is just a skill. And then everybody knows Bill Fisher. Bill Bill has really good face. He like he makes you look at him. He draws a lot of attention. Um so yeah, I think I think the last thing I want to say about bragging about our team and our fourth place finish in the West is um that this year we implemented a little more free-flowing counter strategies. In the past, we were kind of a, a half court uh as as Brett was saying, like, backline, smack them up team. And it, our ceiling was a little low with that play style, and we recognized that we needed to kind of adopt a little more creativity and dynamic play. And so this year we did that, and the results speak for themselves.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, real quick, let me just... Uh, so Alfred, well, Markel says fortune all the way. Um, earlier Alfred had said this matchup Fortune versus Dynasty is my favorite matchup of the entire first round this would be a fantastic match to watch so um, as as fun as it has been talking about these hypothetical matchups like I I really wish we could watch it at some point somehow um, in the Bell Dome but um, Vaughn we'll come back to you that way you can weigh in on your final choice Um, Chris what do you think man what 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 were your thoughts
0: um the first thing I noticed was, like, uh, Dynasty was, like, top three in, like, two different categories. I'd say catching, they might be, like, the best catching team. And then, like, you could say, like, Chemistry. Uh, they're also, like, one of the best teams because they've been together for so long. Um, so the, it's going to be hard to beat that either way. You know, just a couple of years ago, they finished second at Nationals. Um, but, you know, Sean brought up a good point. It's interesting how um, they went from, like, dominating the North for so long to um, last year, it just seemed like. It was task force in um, in Boosh all the time, at the top too. So, um, yeah, it is interesting. I, I didn't really think about that. I don't know, you know, what's going on there with that, but uh, it's still it's still Dynasty, and they always end up, you know, being a really hard team to beat. But uh, as as Lou was saying, uh, Fortune might be the team that does that. The weird things uh, that would be a like the characteristics that a team would need to beat Dynasty. I feel like uh, Fortune has them. And so you know it really is hard to pick one because, because of that, um but at the end of the day, I think I'm gonna go with dynasty um with the uh, their experience together and um you know their consistent um style of play, I think uh they will they' win this game uh like four to three,
1: yeah, I imagine it's gonna be close, regardless um I'm glad you hit on chemistry'cause i I don't think you can. Like, overstate the importance of that the fact that has, these guys have been playing for a long time. And back to uh, them kind of dropping the ball um, last season, was Kevin Bailey injured during that time? Did that have anything to do with it?
2: Yeah, well, I think wrist... they had nagging injuries across the board. From yeah. what I've talked to them, it seems like everyone was injured at some point last year, which really affected their sort of overall health as a team. It's like, um, like... In terms of chemistry, they just didn't have, the, like, no one was healthy coming in. They weren't able to practice as much. So I think that was one of the reasons that they fell off last year, but they hadn't actually sort of, they sort of had fallen off over the last two years. I mean, I guess they sort of competed for the championship with Bush two years ago, um, but then last year totally fell off. Hmm. Um, Lou, my question is the same question you asked me. So if you guys got burdened, how do you guys start off? Who are you targeting? And how do you feel like you, you handle dynasty at the beginning of the game?
4: I'm glad you asked, Justin, because... <laughs> Uh, we, I think we would look at, of the Colin, Dylan, Jalen, Bailey of those four, we would find whoever was without a ball and we would probably run like Brandon De La Mora or Mark Sweetgall right at them. Um, like I said, like, I think our best chance is to get in a a long game with them with the catchers, right? Like we want we want to be there with Trevor. We want to be there with Kenny. We want to be there. Um, like we, I, I think we stand the best chance with like a short sighted game, like a 3v3 where everyone has blockers and it comes down to just like cross court transition play and like ball versus ball kind of throwing. And I, so I think like our best chance at executing that is getting the throwers out and creating those situations against guys who are more catch players. How'd I do? <laughs> I, I, I think, think if I mean, ahead, I think
6: if you guys can shake them up enough, I think you guys uh, with a little bit more unorthodox play. I think if if you start off that way and then, like you said, get down to a three B three and then make them make a mistake, I think you guys could take them. Um,
1: Two game seven, but I still think they win in four three. I put in my notes the uh Lucas no <laughs> nope factor that was mentioned in the Seattle re- classic recap back in uh twenty eighteen. But it sounds like that's obviously that's what fortune as a team, not not just you know, kind of like you said, Lou. Um, you credit your team, not just you, on the ability to do that. Um, I'm kind of with Brad. I'm mean, just looking at. Some of the, the feedback to receive on the polls, like Dynasty is the the favorite, but barely. Um again, this is an incredible match to watch. Um to be kinda of quiet. What what are your what are your thoughts?
5: So whoever had the comment about this being their favorite round matchup, round one matchup, I agree. Uh, I also think it's super interesting because when I think of Fortune and Dynasty, they're both teams that are highly volatile uh like in terms of their performances uh and they're both teams that when i think of their best like the the games i remember them most for are as giant killers like fortune in one of tyler Greer's west tournaments knocked out doom fortune knocked out heat in round one of the west last year um dynasty at nationals beating shooters with the fetig like five on one um dynasty upsetting awesome uh dynasty was so bad at the last udc they won like one round robin game and then they upset awesome made it to top eight. And so then having two teams that I feel like constantly punch up playing each other, uh, is really, really fun. Um, but that being said, like, I honestly didn't trust myself to pick this. So I random number generated it and, uh, dynasty went up three Oh, and then fortune came back three, three, and then dynasty won game, game, game seven, four, three. So, uh, I'm with (laughs) dynasty, uh, And it's also like really cool to me because I think that this is the only matchup where if you honestly like school ground pick the players from if you just lined up all 14 people on the roster or like the starting 12, whatever, you would go back and forth between each team that you would pick from to get like best player, next best player, best player, next best player. Like it would alternate. And I don't think you can say that about any other matchup. So it would be, Lou Lou made me watch their round robin game from last year. And it was three three games and two of them came down to one-on-ones with counters at the end and I feel like like both guys throwing which ball hits first and I feel like it would be exactly like that and it would be a blast. But the computer said dynasty, so that's my pick. Sorry Luke.
1: I feel like that's a safe so, bet at this point.
0: There was there was a point I forgot to bring up. Um I think the Fortune guys have had a lot of time to grow um as individual players with Lou not being there. Um those dudes probably really had to step up and they still performed at a high level. They were you know taking good teams on to seven games and like uh just being there like it's like man without him do you think they're still going to finish well and 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 most they were inconsistent but i'd say that they got stronger as the season went on and they did start performing well without him and like i think they all had time to grow so if you consider that and then they adding him back onto the team after injury i think that does make fortune a better team than before he you know got hurt which is something i didn't consider before but um, I mean, I already made my pick. Um, I, I'm still probably going to go 4-3 Dynasty, but it, that was just another point that I guess we forgot to bring up, and I think it's something that we have to consider. You, you could also make the
5: argument that they are better without Lou, since they have better <laughs> results without him.
2: <laughs> How are you feeling, Lou? Or would you say you're coming into this, this season, hypothetically, 100%?
4: Yeah, I mean, hypothetically, I'm awesome, but I think in reality, <laughs> I I haven't played rubber since last Nationals, and um, yeah, I mean, I think once Dodgeball starts up again, I'm like eager to get back into it, but like, I'm like, even I'm not sure, like, you know, where would yeah. I be at Nationals next year?
1: Huh. So that just made me shift know. over to Dynasty just a little toward- bit further.
2: I lean towards I lean towards fortune just because of the unorthodox play that you guys do run. Yeah. I do think that, that would factor in. I think Dynasty is a pretty straightforward team and I think you guys would throw them off with your play style. And I you know, it does if you're healthy, you know, there's a reason there's a saying Lucas doing Lucas things. You know, there's just one or two games you're gonna make those ridiculous catches and then a counter or you'll get like I mean, I watched the game against Rise that you played where you caught a ball and then pushed past it against Tim, and got three players out in, in, a, in like a matter of three seconds. So, uh, I just feel like, and I think what Chris just said was a really good point. You know, your team grew without you, and now bringing you back into the fold, I think your team is probably better suited now for you to to come in. And you probably don't have to do as much as you did before. And when you do those things, it takes your team. So, I
1: would take you guys at uh, with a
2: 4-2 win. Dang.
1: Vaughn, it is time. Have you decided?
3: <clears throat> yeah, I think my gut telling me, um, it, my gut's telling me dynasty. I think, I think the continuity there. You know, there's so, they've been together so long. Um, you know, them coming back healthier than last year. I think, I think I'm going to go dynasty. Dynasty. You know, sorry, Lou. No disrespect, to <laughs> you guys. Uh, I love it, but I think my gut's telling me dynasty.
1: Well. If it's uh any if it helps at all. So the uh well this probably this bit doesn't. The survey results that I got, the Typeform survey favored fortune eight to five over dynasty. Um the Instagram survey, fifty six percent dynasty, forty four percent fortune. So crap. Um this
2: means fortune fans are more on face on on typeform and Instagram fans are on dynasty.
1: Let me see if I can check like the analytics and see where some of these uh votes came from <laughs> came-
4: uh let, no, me, so that checks out. let me let me help let me help um i think if i was betting on this hypothetical match i would also bet on dynasty but that's i think that's the reality right they're the number one seed in the north they've got loads of experience they have tons of depth they've been there right it's up to the challenger to like disprove that um and I'm okay with that. Like I like being the underdog, and and I and I want to have this match. So I think I think awarding Dynasty the win is is what I would do as well.
5: Now we really have to have this match.
1: Yeah. Oh. I'm just looking yeah, at the. Uh... We
0: just said like the underdog usually wins when these teams play, and it's like if we're saying Fortune's the underdog, that means Fortune has to win. <laughs>
1: We gotta have this matchup in in real life. That's the only way we'll ever know. We'll ever know. Um, seen a lot of West Coasters obviously voting for Fortune. Couple of uh, Washingtonians voting for Dynasty. So it's all over the place.
4: I let, let's call it. It's a Dynasty yep. win. Let's call it. Uh, so Steve,
1: we'll go with the majority. We,
4: can we look at the matchups? Like, what are we looking at going into round two?
1: So let's uh.
2: So we're looking at crisis versus notorious.
1: Yep, crisis versus uh notorious. Outsiders versus versus rise.
2: Anarchy versus heat, and shred versus dynasty. So we have the one three in the top left bracket, the one two in the bottom left, one two in the top right and 1-3 in the bottom right.
5: Fun.
1: Yeah, we thought we were going to take care of the whole thing tonight. That was uh, <laughs> absolutely false. <laughs> but um,
6: Wishful thinking.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think uh, Nick Factorin suggested breaking up in, into bits. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. I don't want to do that. But then just looking at the bracket and actually thinking about, like, there's no way we can go through this the way we want to um, and give, and do it any kind of justice, so... What I like though is is most of our uh, picks align with the uh, the majority. Um, so thank you everyone that participated in the Instagram poll. That was really cool, and the survey as well. Um but I think what we'll do is I'll go ahead and uh, pull up the dad joke. It is very late for you guys, so I won't keep you too much mo- longer. But
2: um, you missed it. him finally said something of value.
1: Oh, about Austin Morley.
2: Yeah, he fu- he stopped putting stupid emojis in and he put an actual comment in.
1: Hey, I like those. Uh, those are good for morale morale boosts he says also keep going in dm and no way man uh it's like 12 o'clock for some of you guys so all right steve
4: Steve, can i just uh jump in before we close out i just absolutely i thought this was a blast and uh when are we gonna do the second round when when's the next one
1: next month (laughs) we can uh we'll talk about it in, in the group chat um but um so I'll read the I'll read the dad joke real quick and then we can do f- closing thoughts that way you guys can speak your your piece and we'll call it. So um all right. So dad joke. Why do melons have weddings? Because they can't elope. <laughs> Chris and Lou are making the same face. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Fun. Well, um let's let's go ahead and start wrapping up so uh we'll just go down the list um starting with Sean. so any any closing final thoughts shout outs uh what do you want to leave us with
5: uh no this is like Luke said this is a ton of fun uh it was uh like being like after talking about being on this i started i haven't watched dodgeball videos and a minute since pandemic started. I've been watching rewatching stuff all week. And it's uh, been a blast. Like thinking about playing and stuff. So uh, wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. Let's get things back to good. And let's play dodgeball.
1: Just do the right thing. Um, Justin, how about you?
2: I'm just happy that everyone is able to come on and do this with us. I've talked to almost all of you privately getting information. Thank you to everyone else who's giving me information across the country. Uh, This is really fun. I'm, you know this is sort of just like a spitball idea that me and steve
0: had that i'm glad everyone's enjoying and you know i hope no one takes it personal
3: for
1: sure chris
0: uh no just thank you for having me on i enjoyed uh talking with all of you dodgeball minds out there it was pretty fun it felt like i was almost playing again uh just thinking about this stuff and um i guess just wanted to mention two notable upsets i guess it was just like the notorious go matchup which was very close ended up uh, being an upset, and then uh, was there another upset? Was the Ryzen Task Force was technically considered an upset based on seating. So I just wanted us to think about that going forward. Shred. Shred was also technically an upset. Oh, me. Shred was an upset too. Okay. Yep, so we had three upsets in that uh, first round of our bracket. For sure. The bra- I feel like the
5: they are upset, so I feel like if we had done like a mock round robin with this, I feel like it would have shaken out a little different than based on region. But
1: that uh, we dedicate like half a year to figuring that out. Um, Every game. Yep. <laughs> who knows? If we're not playing dodgeball, we'll we'll think of more hypotheticals. I guess. Um, I think we're developing a really nice we'll system to make this happen for sure. Um, we also got other balls to utilize too. So who knows? Um, Lou, I know you kind of had some closing thoughts, but did you want to reiterate or?
4: Yeah it's this. good to just be in the Dodgeball headspace again and uh uh Justin and Steve thanks for keeping the pods going throughout the covid uh days because uh it's it's fun to remember that there's a community that we're we're going to come back to at the end of all this so just to reiterate what Sean said do the right thing folks like be safe uh be careful wear a mask um and let's let's see each other again soon
1: hopefully really soon. And speaking of keeping podcasts going, Brett, what you got, man?
6: Hey, man, I appreciate you bringing me on. I feel like I was probably the uh, least team educated here, but I had a lot of fun uh, getting to chat with all you guys about dodgeball and being able to uh, talk strategy and everything. And all you guys have an open invitation to ball out if you guys are interested. Um, I'm sure we'll stay connected in the group chat, but uh, reach out. We'd love to have you guys on. Awesome. And
1: last but not least, Vaughn, what you got?
3: Uh, yeah, kind of echoing. I just want to say thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun, um, you know, close as we can get to actual 2020 play. But that being said, I want to take this moment to say, being, seeing as how Outsiders were the only team to win an officially sanctioned tournament in 2020 with South Round 1, I moved to declare Outsiders 2020 National Champions. He objects
1: i feel like that's fair
3: (laughs) (laughs) we we think we should keep it for
5: carryover uh that no one beat us in 2020 and we have the trophy so
1: you guys meet in phoenix and then you fight each other in a very sterile clean gym that i could think of i'll facilitate that and it'll just be closed doors that's a that's a rabbit hole i'll avoid that uh, (laughs) well guys um I, I was a little nervous kind of get into this after the birthday suggestion, birthday clash that seemed to go really well. Got a lot of shout outs saying, hey, it's, it's been great hearing you guys talk about dodgeball again. Um, you know, with these content pieces, um, and I'm, I'm going to call out Tyler Greer. Um, my concern was just stirring the pot because of the controversy that was caused, um, because some of the articles, um. I think stuff kind of went a little, um, sideways. Um, but I feel like we lost a really good piece of content when, um, Tyler just said he was done with it. And so with this, you know, we incorporated all the feedback that we could, uh, we brought out as much representation as we could. And I think as long as we go that route, um, we'll be good to do this over and over again. Um, by no means is it perfect. Again, I've said hypothetical so many times, but, um, I do appreciate you guys being willing to stick yourselves out there and not necessarily put your reputation on the line, but just kind of throw your opinion out there and and let's come what may. And I, I think so far the, um, the comments that we have have been pretty, pretty positive. And I just hope that continues because like you guys have all said, um, we can't play dodgeball. This is probably the closest thing we're going to have. Um, hopefully for not too much longer, but I definitely appreciate you guys and the time you put in and the fact that you guys put in notes and we're having offline conversations. Uh, that means the world to me. So thank you all. Um, Thanks for staying up so late, and um, yeah, I'll I'll shoot you guys some time so we can do part two um, in the group chat, but uh, have a good uh, rest of your night, and I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the conversation there. All right, so that wraps up the part two, or I guess the quarterfinals portion of our hypothetical 2020 national championships that took place in make-believe land <laughs> that didn't take place force of habits. Um, huge thank you to the panelists. Uh, thank you guys so much for being willing to hop on and uh, stay up late and talk to Ajbal. Um, as I've said, uh, I think in part one, I'm kind of kind of spoiled in this regard. I've, I've been able to keep in contact with, with a lot of people and, and and talk to Ajbal at least uh, once, once maybe sometimes twice a week. And it's, it's been refreshing and it's, it's been awesome seeing uh, the chatter and I really liked the Instagram polls, so thank you so much to everybody that took time to give us your feedback. I'm really happy that um, a lot of the placings aligned with where the panels panelists were going, and I think we can all collectively agree more or less um, with the results of this um, this tournament that uh, could have happened. Um, I wish it would happen in real life; that'd be amazing. Um, some of these matchups I would love to see, but. Um, if you're still with me thanks so much for doing so um i'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as possible because i'm going to start another two-week break so this isn't technically season five it's kind of like a carryover of season four so whatever um thanks for being here uh we'll wrap this up fairly soon until then have a great rest of your evening a great rest of your week a great weekend and we'll see you next time
6: Got a link for this? You can uh, drop in the group,
1: um, or with the Twitch link.
6: Yeah, yeah, I can do that.
1: Dropped it this morning. Guess I can do it again. Oh, you want me to scroll and look for things? Oh, are you trying to hop onto you?
3: <laughs>
1: I guess huh? I could have done that.
3: I have the Twitch open just so I can see the chat.
6: And no, me too.
1: It's fun sometimes.
6: The Gamecocks are asking. Oh God,
3: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there goes the there goes the oh. Twitch stream. <laughs>